Welcome to Land Life, a podcast for North Coast landholders by North Coast Local Land Services. This podcast is all about sharing knowledge and experience with landholders across our region to support farm productivity and healthy environments. North Coast Local Land Services acknowledges the traditional custodians of all the nations on which we live, work and play. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to this podcast. Here on the North Coast, it's not uncommon for beef producers to rely on the sale of their calves for a large part of their income. It's logical then that reproductive performance is the main driver of profitability. And when reproductive performance is down, income is down. After a challenging season, breeding herd condition may be compromised and bulls may be at a reduced capacity to service the cows. On top of this, there are several reproductive diseases that can impact on cattle fertility. In today's episode, North Coast District Vet Phil Kemsley talks to Mullumbimby farmer Ash Towers and Mullum private vet Beck Willis on their experience with vibriosis in beef cattle in the far north of the region. Hi, my name's Phil Kemsley. I'm the district vet for the Lismore area with North Coast Local Land Services. One of our big issues on the North Coast is infertility. It's a main driver for cattle productivity and income. So if a cow's only producing a calf every other year, that's that's costing you twice as much as it should and your income's half what it should be. So yeah, so I was given a call by a local veterinary practitioner, Beck Willis, several weeks ago, inquiring about uh, Ibibrio and its impacts. So I dropped some uh, gear off to, to Beck to do the testing and uh, it turns out to have been Ashley's place that she was involved in. Tell me, Ashley, what's the story? How did, how did things play out with, you know, in the last four months or, or two years with the cattle fertility? Well, how it started was I, um, every year I put my bulls in at a certain time of year, November, December. So naturally, August, September, the following year, they start calving. But prior to that, about five, six months after the bulls were taken out, we noticed that a lot of the cows were coming back on and the bulls were chasing them and we've got a few young steers running with them and they were, ch- they were chasing the cows and playing around, that sort of thing. So that got us watching the cows even more so and we were noticing that cows that should have been in calf were coming back on time and time again. Mm-hmm. And so that's what got us thinking and then as the weeks went by there was more and more and more of the cows come on. And then when we finally got to August naturally there should be a whole herd of cows very heavy in calf and ready to go and only about half of them were were looking like they were going to calve so then I, I then got back out to preg test them all and out of 42 or 43 cows only 21 of them were in calf so then, that, then, that then got the ball rolling with with the testing and everything and she did the well I originally thought um, Vibrio but then we we swung to a pestivirus we thought that may have been possible too so we tested for that originally and it came up some of them showed signs that they had had that, but nothing substantial. So then we swab, went back to the Vibrio and that's when Beck got the swabs off you. Yeah. And then she tested them all and it come up, and five of them come up that they were very high in Vibrio. They'd showed severe signs of it. So yeah. that's where we ended up. But I'd, I'd found out 
prior to all this happening that Bullseye had bought the season before had not been vaccinated for Vibrio. So that what got the thought in my mind to start with that it's a possibility. So um, there, that's sort of got the ball rolling in that department anyway. So what Ashley's described as a typical sort of pattern we see for Vibrio, the cows actually do get pregnant while they've got Vibrio, but the conditions in the uterus aren't suitable for the young calf to survive. And so those cows will repeat cycle at very irregular intervals. And again, and again, and again, it's good that Ashley's picked it up the way that he has and, and acted on it. And fortunately, we have a vaccine that's not only preventative in terms of stopping the disease, but also curative. Actually, these fertility investigations are often more than one factor involved. Yep. Do you think there might have been any seasonal or partial conditions that could have made it's, it worse? It's possible because at the tail end of last year and early into this year, it was extremely dry. And I had 23 calves on the ground by those two bulls that turned out to be no good anyway. So half the herd were, were carrying calves through the drought, but I was, I was feeding them like supplementary feeding them with molasses and blocks and all, all the jazz and hay and stuff. So yeah, that's definitely possible that, mm. uh, that that could have impacted them to a certain degree. Mm. But having said that, after the, bull, the bulls were taken out at the end of December, for quite a few months, like I said five, six months, none of the cattle showed any signs of cycling. So we were under the impression, okay, well the bulls have done their job. Yep. And one of my bulls in particular, he was very methodical in the way he went about it. He just walked around every day, he was on mm -hmm. with a different cow and it all looked too easy for him. Yep. So we had no reason to doubt that he hadn't done potentially the whole lot. So up until sort of five, six months after the fact, sort of, sort of June, July, that yeah, we thought, hello, we've got a problem. So the good news story is with this, that majority of our fertility problems in cattle on the North Coast are preventable on the nutritional side of things by the supplementary feeding or growing winter forages to carry them through the winter gap so that leading into joining, they're in, in good condition and uh, unlikely to be cycling. And with Vibrio, uh, a vaccine that, 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 that's available, um, that you're able to do your bulls with and break the life cycle of Vibrio in the herd. In this instance, Ashley, you decided to go through and, and needle all your breeders? Yep. Yeah, I did the whole lot. Like I said, before I even called Beck, I went through and just done the whole lot. Yep. Bulls, heifers, cows, the whole lot. And um, I thought, well, bugger it, I'm, I'm going to tick that box yep. and get it out of the way. That way I know it's done. Yep. And then it wasn't sort of till after the fact we thought, well, geez, maybe we should have found out for sure that it was that, just in case there was further action needed. So anyway, that's that's when we sort of got back involved and, and started down that track. Yeah. And the good news there is that the uh, antibodies produced by the vaccine don't interfere with the test, so we're still able to go through and mm. find out whether Vibrio was, was involved. And just as in the bulls where the vaccine is curative, in a high proportion of cows, the vaccine helps clean them up. So it is cost effective in a situation where we've got an outbreak to go through and needle the cows and clean up the infection and start again. There may be a few that don't get back in calf. Yep. Um, those non-responders to the vaccine and I'd look at, at culling those yep. actually. Yep. Yeah, yeah that, that's what we're going to do. We're only, myself and my wife were talking about this morning. That's exactly what we're going to do. Once we pull the bulls out, if any of them sort of show any signs of coming back cycling again, they're, they're gone. We've had two years of problems. One with the first year, with obviously, with the dud bulls. Second year with the Vibrio. We're not going to go a third year yeah. with less than half production. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
we just can't afford to. So it's, yeah, we got to got to break the cycle somewhere. Yeah, yeah. My name is Beck Willis and I'm a veterinarian slash business owner of Mullumbimby Vet Clinic. Recently you've been involved with Ashley with the uh, these issues that he's had with infertility in his herd. What was your approach to, to investigating that problem? Generally around here with our fertility issues that clients ring up that they're faced with, most of the time they'll say to us, oh, I haven't we haven't had many calves on the ground yet this year um, or I haven't noticed any of the cows springing up yet. So then they start to scratch their head and think, oh, there might be something going on here. Other things, they may notice cows that are continuing to cycle or ones that have just started to cycle again and they were presumed pregnant. So Ashley rang up as he was concerned with his fertility with his herd because he was noticing that he wasn't getting as many calves on the ground as he expected. There wasn't as many cows that seemed to be springing up or getting ready to calve. And a few months previous, when they were probably roughly sort of four to six months gestation, he noticed that cows started to return to cycling. So from there, he contacted us. We organised a visit to begin with I said, well, we need to have a look and see who is and isn't pregnant. So we did, um, we preg tested all his herd and out of that, roughly 50% were pregnant. Obviously, that was a disappointing result for him. Um, it was kind of half expected, I think. From that, we then decided to look at, yeah, what's going on here? Why is this happening? Leading up to that during the year previously, we are coming out of bad drought, so there wasn't much feed available, including trying to access feed um, to supplement feed. So a lot of our local cows, like everywhere else around the country, were suffering a bit in terms of their nutrition. So of course, their fertility as directly related, I think, is going to be affected. And then also indirectly, I think, their nutrition wasn't up to scratch. A lot of them were then predisposed to diseases, which then was going to affect their fertility down the track. In terms of tests we looked at doing, um, while we had the cows in there, we took some blood just to check for exposure to pestivirus. We do know sort of in the area there had been some herds with pestivirus and some cows getting out, so we just wanted to have a look at that. We also had the bulls tested. We did a crush side semen evaluation, which motility was pretty average for both. Morphology was sent away for both and one of them is still in question, which we're going to look at retesting. After we got the results back for PESTI, there wasn't any recent exposure, so we're looking to see what else we could test for. And this is when Phil came to the rescue (laughs) and informed us that we could now look at doing some Vibrio swabs, which I wasn't aware that we had a new test available. So we got access to those and... We went back and got a few swabs. We got five swabs from the empty cows to see where we were at there. And, yeah, in in the interim then we've come back with results that we have had exposure to Vibrio. And leading on from that, um, 
from or from when we were waiting for the actual test to come back, Ashley had already started his um, Vibrio vaccine program. He did the bulls and he was going to do those twice and then we're doing the cows as well um, and we'll continue from year to year with that. So, yeah, it was nice in the end that we did get some results back there to know what we'll, what was likely the the cause to the issue. But, yeah, overall I think because he didn't have that particular vaccine program in place with his herd, so that's something now that um, he'll look to incorporate and hopefully then, yeah, improve his fertility results as we move forward. And we're also looking at management-wise with him, which is great because he's actually a, has a strict calving interval or calving season. So once we've rejoined them, we will do an earlier preg test to see who is pregnant again. And that way then we can look at culling any empty cows and, yeah, look at either restocking or depending on where he's at there. But we, yeah, rather than having empty cows on there that aren't going to be making any profit for him, yeah, we'll look at doing those strategies to improve his production moving forward. So just picking up on some of those points, it's a very typical example of where uh, infertility is multifactorial. So we've had the combination of the season, perhaps a bull effect happening there, as well as diseases like Vibrio and sometimes pestivirus coming in and, and adding to that effect. The good news story moving out of that is that for every one of those, there's something producers can do about it. Correct. They can look at gap feeding. They can look at getting their bulls tested through their private veterinarian. Um, they can look at vaccinating both for festivirus and for Vibrio. So some real positives there uh, for producers, Beck. Um, and uh, so often we're faced with conditions that you say, well, yeah, we've got an answer, but there's not much we can do about it. Uh, the good news story with, with fertility is that, or infertility is there's just so many things that producers can do, um, which is great. It is great. Yeah, it's one area that, yeah, it does, it, it can bring a smile back to your face. It's, yeah, cause you're not, yeah, beating our heads together going, oh, what are we going to do here? The scenario that Ashley, Beck and Phil have been discussing here is really typical for the North Coast and in this instance was further confounded by the bad seasonal conditions we experienced in 2019. In certain breeds, poor nutrition will cause cows to stop cycling completely, and coupling that with the disease present creates perfect conditions for low fertility. On the North Coast, we also have what's known as the winter feed gap, where we see the availability and the quality of feed decline, particularly over August and September, right when we need cows to be in good shape leading into joining. It's important to ensure your cows have adequate nutrition at this time and coupling that with Vibrio vaccination, particularly in your bulls, will help shore up the reproductive success of your herd. For more information on increasing the reproductive success of your herd, visit www.lls.newsouthwales.gov.au or phone your nearest LLS office on 1300 795-299. This podcast was brought to you by North Coast Local Land Services with the support of the Australian Government's National Land Care Program. Music